or second most interesting spot? Number five, who is it? Clemson. Go. That's what we were wondering about, and there, there is go. nobody on earth happier than Dabo Sweeney right now to yeah. be able to use this. They don't respect us. There they so are. Penn State, with that second-best strength of record, the win at home against Michigan, the win against Iowa, got a big date coming up a couple of weeks with Ohio State Nittany Lions 4. Yeah. Hey, everybody, this is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Wednesday, November 6, 2019, and the first batch of the college football playoff rankings are out, and you bet we are going to talk about it in today's episode. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. I'm a contributor to NBCSports.com's College Football Talk, as well as AthlonSports.com, and we talk about Penn State football every day, Monday through Friday, right here on this podcast, and we try to have these episodes uploaded for you around midnight Eastern, so they're there, available for you all day, every day, and the best way to make sure you don't miss a single episode is to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. And if you want to help us out a little bit more, you can leave a rating and a review. Not only do we appreciate the feedback as we strive to make this show something you want to come back to and share with your friends and family, but we also want to help and see if we can get some better placement on those various podcasting platforms. So your feedback, your criticism, and your reviews do help us out with that cause. Of course, you can also follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and give us a like on Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Yesterday was a pretty busy episode, and today we're going to be heavy on the college football playoff conversation as the rankings have come out and we see where Penn State has been ranked. And, of course, we are also going to continue with our look ahead to this week's game against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Still got a big game on tap, guys, so don't get too lost in all the playoff conversation just yet because there's still a lot of business to attend to. All right, all that stuff is out of the way. Go ahead, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're following us along, and let's get into today's episode because we've got some ground to cover. Before I get started, I just want to put out a quick disclaimer. I apologize if this episode feels a little bit rushed. The truth is, it is. I'm actually recording this after 10.30 p.m. And I typically am in bed at this time getting ready for the next day. I've got 5 a.m. wake-up call for the day job. So I'm trying to get this episode in as close to midnight as possible. So if it's a little late, I apologize for that. But I think for most of you guys out there who have been subscribing, it's probably going to be there. No issues whatsoever. But I just want you guys to know I'm sacrificing my sleep to make sure that I bring you my daily thoughts on Penn State football. So if that's not worth Worthy of some appreciation. I don't know what it is, but anyway, let's get out of the way of that. The college football playoff rankings are out. It is now officially college football playoff season. The race is officially on, and Penn State's starting in a pretty good spot. Now, if you listened to my episode yesterday, you know that I was already predicting that Penn State was absolutely worthy of the number four spot, and I thought that they would get the number four spot ahead of Clemson. And as you heard in the intro here, the audio clip from ESPN's live broadcast of the releasing of the rankings, Clemson came in at number five and Penn State came in at number four. For all the reasons that I kind of went through yesterday with the strength of schedule and the quality wins, Penn State has that in their favor at this point of the season. While Clemson is a very good team, don't say anything wrong about Clemson. That's a very good team down there in South Carolina. And, of course, the defending national champions. But we're basing all of these rankings and the data on this season only. And 
Penn State has some things going in their favor. There was some praise for their defensive efforts. There was some praise for the good quality wins on the schedule. And while the offense has had some ups and downs, it has been pretty consistent overall. And I think that that's been appreciated by the selection committee. Now, of course, we should run through the top four. And we'll do this some more in the next segment, too, as we run through the entire rankings. But number one team in the country for the first time ever in the regular season rankings is Ohio State followed by LSU at number two, Alabama at number three. Of course, those two teams are going to be playing later this weekend at the same time that Penn State is playing Minnesota, or actually after the Penn State is playing Minnesota, same day. So Ohio State one, LSU two, Alabama three, Penn State four. Honestly, I'm not at all surprised by that top four. Those are the top four teams that I predicted would be in there. Now, I did have LSU as my number one team. I thought LSU was going to be jumped ahead of Ohio State just based on some of their quality wins. But the selection committee really likes what Ohio State's been doing this season. And you know what? I'm not going to argue with it. I feel like Ohio State is absolutely worthy of the number one spot. I just would have put LSU. But bottom line is, I had the same four teams in here, roughly where they ended up being. I actually had Ohio State as my number two team. Alabama, I thought, was going to be locked in at number three. And I thought Penn State would be at number four. I honestly did. I felt that Clemson had the best chance to be ahead of Penn State. And I thought that that might have been more based on their recent history because Clemson has won two of the last three national titles. They've played for a third one. They've been in the playoff for, what, four straight years now? So Clemson absolutely has a solid reputation that is very difficult to contend with, even for a program like Penn State right now. But again, we only focus on what has happened to this point of the season of this current season. And Penn State's been taking care of some business. So they absolutely are worthy of a top four spot at this point in time. And that's the key phrase at this point in time, because these rankings are only a reflection on everything up to that particular point in time. So it's not projecting forward. It's not saying that what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this guy's injured? What if this happens to this player? None of that is taken into consideration right now. Again, Clemson's a very good team. They'd probably be favored if they played Penn State, but Penn State has the quality wins, and that is being respected by the selection committee. And if you don't believe me, take it from Rob Mullins, the college football playoff playoff chair, as well as the athletic director at Oregon. He had this to say when asked about having Penn State ranked ahead of Clemson. Well, Penn State and Clemson specifically, uh, two outstanding teams, obviously. You guys already referenced uh, the close game against UNC for Clemson. And when you look at Penn State's resume uh, with wins over Michigan and at Iowa, those are marquee wins. And you look across, Penn State's been very consistent. I think they've held seven of their eight opponents to 13 points or less. Uh, so, again, and Clemson's coming on and playing their best football. But after week 10, uh, the committee felt that Penn State was a notch above. If any of that sounds familiar, it's probably because you listened to me on yesterday's episode where I said some of the same things. The quality wins and the performance of this defense have absolutely been a reason for the success for Penn State and their ranking, uh, not just in the AP poll and the coaches poll, but of course here in the college football playoff poll. Now keep in mind, uh, as far as the AP poll and the coaches poll are concerned, Penn State is the number five team in the country. But now those polls, well, the polls, those polls don't mean anything anyway. And now we're only focused on the college football playoff ranking. So now moving forward, any ranking that you see reference is probably going to be the college football playoff ranking. So that's where Penn State will be in the number four team when you start seeing the marketing materials come out for the various games that are coming up. And I think that that's probably going to be reflective immediately. But again, and I will stress this, uh, as I said yesterday, I will say this week in and week out. 
don't get too worked up about the current rankings. And there's a reason for that. It's because these rankings start from scratch every week. There's still a lot of big games to still be played. Penn State, of course, is playing another undefeated team this weekend in Minnesota, who we'll get to in a little bit. But they may feel like they're ready to make a statement of their own this weekend. And, of course, they will still have to play Ohio State. And that's the thing. If you look at that top four, Ohio State's going to play Penn State. Regardless of what the record is at that point in time, they're going to play each other. So we know that one of those two teams is going to lose a game. LSU and Alabama, number two and number three. They're playing this weekend. So we know that one of those two teams is going to lose a game. So if you're a Clemson fan out there and you're looking at these rankings, you're probably upset that you're number five, but you understand how this process works because Clemson has certainly been through this the last how many years now. Now, coming up in our next segment, we'll continue some breaking down of the college football playoff rankings. I'll give you some more thoughts about teams I think got disrespected, maybe some teams that potentially control their own path to the college football playoff. And of course, we'll take a look at the previous number four teams in those initial rankings to see how they have panned out in the course of the regular season leading into the college football playoff. There's some hit or misses, so there's some optimism here if you're a Penn State fan. We're going to talk about that in the very next segment. This is the Locked On Nittany Alliance podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The first batch of the college football playoff rankings were released Tuesday night, and Penn State came in at number four overall. It is the highest ranking that Penn State has had in the college football playoff rankings since they initially started in 2014. And now you're probably curious, what has happened to the other number four teams that started off the year in those college football playoff rankings in the same spot as Penn State? Well, let's go back throughout the years and see if there's any sense for optimism, if history is any indication. In 2014, first year of the college football playoff rankings, the very first number four team in the country was Ole Miss. Now, this is a good year for Mississippi football or football in the state of Mississippi because Ole Miss was rolling. I believe they had an upset of Alabama that year. Mississippi State was on a roll. They actually were the first number one team in the first ever ranking. So if that's a little fun little trivia question, uh, my how the times have changed for both of those programs in a relatively short period of time. But Ole Miss was the number four team in those initial rankings in 2014. They did not make the college football playoff. They actually ended the season 9-4 with a loss in the Peach Bowl to a very angry TCU team that felt like they should have been in the college football playoff. You remember the first year of the playoff, the Big 12 had those co-champions in TCU and Baylor. And of course, they were both bypassed for Ohio State, who entered the playoff as the number four team ahead of TCU and Baylor. Lots of discussions within the state of Texas and the Big 12 as whether or not that was fair. But of course, Ohio State had earned their spot in the playoff after a blowout against Wisconsin. And of course, they went on to win a national championship. But we're not worried about the number four team at the end of the year. We're only talking about the number four team in those initial rankings. So Ole Miss doesn't leave a whole lot of hope for the number four team. And it certainly didn't set a great precedent for the first number four team in these rankings. But it gets better. It, it gets much better. Because in 2015, the f- number four team in those initial rankings was Alabama. What did Alabama do? Well, a year after getting upset by Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl, Alabama went on and won the national championship. So <laughs> that, that is quite the hit or miss there. Missing the playoff with uh, four losses at the end of the year or winning the national championship. Alabama, of course, that was their first playoff or their second straight consecutive uh, appearance in the college football playoff. They have not missed a college football playoff yet, but this is their first national title 
in the playoff era. Of course, they had a couple BCS titles thrown in there under Nick Saban, but uh, th- that's a little bit more optimistic, right? Well, how about in 2016? Well, we're going to take a step back a little bit. First college football playoff rankings of the 2016 season had Texas A&M at number four. Now, this was the problem for Texas A&M during the Kevin Sumlin era where they got off to hot starts. They became a a trendy name. And, of course, they fizzle out as the season progresses. And that's exactly what happened to Texas A&M in the 2016 season. Number four in the first playoff rankings, they slide to an 8-5 record at the end of the season with a loss in the Texas Bowl. So, that's even worse than what Ole Miss did. At least Ole Miss got into a New Year's Six Bowl game. The Texas A&M lost in the Texas Bowl. So that's pretty humbling experience. So we're one for three on teams making the college football playoff as far as the first number four team in the rankings is concerned. But the good news is there's a little bit of a hot streak going on here. In 2017, Clemson was your defending national champion, and they started the year at number four in the initial college football playoff rankings once they were unveiled. They did get to the playoff, but they lost in the semifinals in a game against Alabama. Uh, This was just uh, Alabama was once again on a roll here, and they were going to win the national title. This was the year they beat Georgia in the overtime game. But uh, this is... uh, a Clemson team that was kind of in that transition where they were getting ready to sign Trevor Lawrence and uh, things worked out pretty well for Clemson, but uh, Clemson does make the playoff, but they lost in the semifinal. Wasn't their best performance, but they came back stronger the next year. But 2018 last season, Notre Dame was the first team to start off at number four in the college football playoff rankings. They of course did finish the season undefeated with a right in the regular season. And they got that spot in the college football playoff. They lost in the semifinal to Clemson. So you've got three teams that have been in the playoff, two that have not. One has won a national title. Uh, So we'll see what the the story is for Penn State moving forward. As I've said, and I'm going to continue saying this, you can't take any game for granted here. I, I still don't think there's a margin for error yet for Penn State. I don't know if they can afford one loss. But if they lost to Minnesota and beat Ohio State, much different situation, I think, that could play back into Penn State's favor. But again, we got to take this thing week by week. That's where they are right now. We'll see where they are this time next week. I do think you can put Penn State in the small group of teams that probably control their own path to the college football playoff. I think it goes without saying, if Penn State goes undefeated, they're absolutely going to be in the college football playoff. There's no question about that. And I think you can say the same thing for Ohio State, your number one team, and really any of the teams that are in the top four, because if any of those four teams goes undefeated, they're going to be in. So I feel like Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, and Penn State, that's going to be our starting group for teams that now officially control their path to the college football playoff. But who else should we throw in that conversation? I'm going to throw Clemson in there because I do feel if Clemson ends the year undefeated, I think they have to get a spot in the college football playoff. And that's because we know that two teams ranked ahead of them are guaranteed to lose. So I don't know if that necessarily knocks any of those teams out of the playoff, but I do feel confident saying that if Clemson goes 13-0 with the ACC championship under the belt, I do think that they'll get one of those four spots. So I'm going to say that they do control their path to the college football playoff. And I'm not going to say control your destiny because I'm with Chip Kelly. I don't agree that that's the right terminology, but I do think you can control your own path. So I think Clemson and sitting at number five, if they go undefeated, they're still in a really good spot. The top one loss team that I think is in an excellent spot too is Georgia. Now, here's the thing with Georgia. We already know they've lost to LSU, but they're going to have to play on the road at Auburn. They're going to have to play 
potentially LSU or Alabama in the SEC championship game. If Georgia is ending the year with one loss, and as bad as a loss it is, I think if they end the year with one loss in the SEC championship, they are in a pretty good spot too because you're going to send your SEC champion to the playoff, I think, just about 99 times out of 100 if they are undefeated or with one loss. So uh, I think a one-loss Georgia still stands a very good chance of being in the playoff. Now, if it comes down to a one-loss LSU who loses to Alabama or a one-loss Georgia, I think that's an interesting conversation to have, but I'm not going to have it right now. <laughs> I do I do like getting into the hypotheticals, but I'm not going to go that deep just yet. But I think uh, Georgia should certainly be in the mix. And two teams that I'm going to throw in there that potentially can control their fate. Or their control, I just said it, control their fate. I control their path. If Minnesota or Baylor goes undefeated, they have to be in the college football playoff. Probably more so Minnesota. Because we know that Minnesota is going to play Penn State this week. They've got Iowa and Wisconsin this month. And, of course, that would probably set up a matchup with an undefeated Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. You cannot convince me that an undefeated Minnesota could potentially be left out of a four-team playoff. Just not happening. So, yes, Minnesota controls their path to the college football playoff. That is a realistic scenario right now for Minnesota. And I'll say the same for Baylor. If you get an undefeated Big 12 champion, I think they've got a really good spot or a really good chance to be in there. But I'm a little little hesitant to say that it's a given because of some of the teams that are ahead of them right now. I think there is some good competition. But the fact that you have all these teams from the Big 10 and the SEC sitting ahead of uh, a team like Baylor, who I think if they're undefeated will certainly be moving up. But they also have to get by some of these teams in the Pac-12 that we're not even talking about right now with Oregon and Utah with one loss. And of course they're going to get a chance to take down Oklahoma. So, you know, I think Baylor is in a position where they could control their path, but realistically, I don't think Baylor's going to make it. I don't think Minnesota is going to make it. Uh, so I think it's a smaller group. Those four teams in the top four, I'll throw Georgia and I'll throw Clemson in there. Those are the teams I think control their path to the college football playoff this season. As far as that group of five race is concerned, you look at the bottom of the rankings, there's four teams from the American Athletic Conference with Cincinnati at number 20, Memphis at 21, Navy at 24, and SMU at 25. Guys, it's going to be American Athletic Conference or bust because Boise State's sitting there at number 22. I don't think that they're going to be able to pass whoever comes out of that American Athletic Conference. I don't think there's enough infighting between the AAC teams that's going to cause enough of ripples to allow Boise State to get in. So I think the AAC is getting a team back into the New Year's Six this match, this uh, season. One team I do think is underrated, number 17, Minnesota. Let's talk about Minnesota in our final segment of today's episode. This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. And guys, let me talk to you about Roman. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Checking in, number 17 in the initial college football playoff rankings is the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. Of course, Penn State's next opponent on the schedule. Now, if you've looked at the AP and the coaches poll, you know that the voters in those polls are much more kind to Minnesota, getting them up to number 13, I believe, in the traditional polls. So seeing the Minnesota down at number 17 tells me a couple things. First of all, 
the committee doesn't respect what Minnesota is doing against their level of competition. I think that's the biggest setback for Minnesota right now. It's not anything they can control. And I actually think that that's being disrespectful because they've got Minnesota behind a couple of teams with two losses, including Wisconsin and Michigan and Notre Dame and Kansas State. Now, I know that those teams have played some tougher games. There's no question about that. Now, problem is, most of them have lost some of those games, but Kansas State has a victory against Oklahoma. Notre Dame's coming off, uh, a, 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 I guess, a win against Virginia, but they've also lost to Georgia. They've lost to Michigan, and they got blown out by Michigan. And Michigan, of course, lost to Penn State, and they got blown out by Wisconsin. Wisconsin lost to Illinois, and they got blown out by Ohio State. So I don't understand why Minnesota is being lumped down there at 17. At least they're ahead of Iowa, who's lost a couple games, including one to Penn State. But at, uh, I just I don't know if I totally think that the selection committee is evaluating Minnesota the way that they should be. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think P.J. Fleck is doing something really good at Minnesota. Again, I don't think that Minnesota is going to transform into a, a legitimate top tier Big Ten power. But I think in that Big Ten West division, they are certainly becoming a program that you can count on being competitive and competing for a spot in the Big Ten title game on a somewhat regular basis, not every year probably. But I think this is all a good testament to the work that P.J. Fleck is doing right now at Minnesota, and it's a reason why he's reportedly agreeing to a contract extension to remain the head coach at Minnesota. Now, it's not a coincidence that P.J. Fleck's name has been thrown around the coaching rumor mill already with the vacancy at Florida State, which uh, would be a pretty interesting mix, I think, as far as uh, personalities is concerned. I don't know if it would totally work out, but uh, hey, it gets him a contract extension at Minnesota. Minnesota's probably going to be bumping up the pay a little bit, and I think it's well-deserved. I think that if you look at his track record, the way that he has transformed uh, Minnesota into a program that believes that it can win and should win games, I, I think is a testament to the kind of work ethic that he brings to the table. Remember, P.J. Fleck, you remember, he turned around Western Michigan before his arrival at Minnesota, and the, the big reason why he is at Minnesota is because of what he did at Western Michigan. He went 1-11 in his first year at Western Michigan in 2013, but quickly, Western Michigan began winning football games. They went 8-5 and five the next two years, and of course, they played Wisconsin in the Cotton Bowl after an undefeated regular season and a victory in the MAC Championship to clinch that group of five spot in the New Year's Six Bowl lineup that season. Now, that was the year that Penn State went to the Rose Bowl. Just throwing it out there. But this was a Western Michigan team that was really good and a really fun team to watch. Uh, offensively, they were flying high as much as uh, any good MAC team is capable of. And it was the only team from the MAC in the College Football Playoff era to play in a New Year's Six Bowl game, and they were absolutely well-deserving of it. Now, they did come up short against Wisconsin, but the winning attitude was there. And that's, of course, when Minnesota stepped in and said, hey, why don't you come and uh, play Wisconsin every year? <laughs> so they hired him to be the head coach following his run to the Cotton Bowl. And, of course, he went 5-7 and seven in his first year with the Gophers, but they they started to turn the page a little bit. Obviously, that row-the-boat mentality uh, has played a very large factor with the way that Fleck has organized his program. Last year, again, starting to take some steps forward, and I think the way they ended the season with a victory against Wisconsin, a long-awaited victory against Wisconsin, really kind of set the bar high for where this program is going. 
Now, of course, they're already 8-0 this year. They've already increased their win total from last year, and they still have a whole month to play here. It will be a challenging month again, but this is a month, and this is a program, I should say, that is really gaining confidence as the weeks go by. So we talked about the offense yesterday. Let's talk about the defense real quick. Western Michigan's defense, when P.J. Fleck was there, gave up 419.2 yards per game in his first season. That immediately improved the following season. They dropped off about 50 yards per game allowed in 2014. That was good for third in the MAC. Now, the MAC's not typically known for some defenses, but they do have some good defensive numbers when you start to look through them over the years. So finishing third in the MAC, not all that bad. They did take a step back in 2015, but they came back strong the following year by going down to 353.6 yards per game allowed during their run to the Cotton Bowl. So it's really easy to get wrapped up in what teams are doing offensively, and especially under P.J. Fleck as he's transforming some of these programs and building something on a foundation of success. But it's the defense that it's really kind of stepping up from his time at Western Michigan and now I think at Minnesota. And I've said this yesterday, but I'm going to reiterate, Minnesota's coming off three of their best defensive performances of the season. Say what you will about the games that they played. It was a blowout against Nebraska. They played Rutgers. Everybody beats Rutgers. And they played Maryland. So these are three games where they should have been able to thrive. But the fact that their defense really did shut down these opponents the way that it did, I think is very encouraging for Minnesota moving forward. They're led by senior linebacker Carter Coughlin, who's got five tackles for a loss, three and a half sacks. He's also a guy that's going to attack the football when anybody has the football. He's forced two fumbles this year. And their defensive secondary is actually one of the better ones in the Big Ten. Sean Clifford doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes, but he's going to have to be really careful throwing against uh, Coney Dunn and Antoine Winfield. Winfield's got a forced fumble this year, so he doesn't give up on plays. Even if a pass is given up, he's going to continue attacking the football. That much is for sure. And uh, Dunn is one of the best pass defenders in the Big Ten. He's got seven broken up passes this year. So this is something that Minnesota does very well, defending the pass. Uh, their, Their secondary knows where the ball is. It's very hard to get them caught looking and get Get them caught out of space. So that's something that Penn State's really going to have to attack. Big plays, they don't give up a whole ton. So I think if you're Penn State, you obviously you're hoping for a big home run play with KJ Hamler, but I'm not so sure Minnesota's going to be able to allow that much space for Hamler to get loose. So that's going to be a big issue that I think that Penn State's going to have to address. Maybe they can catch him on one play because it does seem like Hamler has a way of getting free downfield at least once a game. So that could still be the case here, but don't expect it very frequently. So Penn State's going to have to be very selective with their deep chances when they try to go for a big play because I'm not so sure this Minnesota defense is going to give up too many. They haven't this year already, and as good as this Penn State offense may be at times, this is not a defense that's going to allow Penn State to to strike lightning at least more than once. Penn State may get lucky with one play, but I would not count on too many big plays because Minnesota does not give them up. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. I hope you had fun with this one, and we will talk some more about the college football playoff rankings on a weekly basis as the rankings come out. Hopefully the episodes won't be quite as rushed as this one was. So I, hope, I apologize again if things are a little rough here and there, but I wanted to make sure that this episode was put together and uploaded before I went to bed. And now I'm going to do that. I'm going to get some sleep and uh, get ready for another long day tomorrow. But I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. We will be doing our Big Ten preview tomorrow. So make sure you come back for that. We'll run through the entire Big Ten schedule. It's 
actually much more interesting this week than it was last week. And of course, we'll take a look at some of the other top 25 games. And now we can officially start looking at some of these games that are on the playoff radar too. So we will be starting to take a look at that as we go into the final stretch here and seeing if Penn State can stay in this race moving forward. They're in a good spot right now, but we'll see where they are a week from now. So subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, you can subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating, leave a review, and of course, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany, and you can give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Again, my name is Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. We have lots of stuff coming up your way, so make sure you're staying connected in as many ways as possible and let us know what you think about the show at any time. And, of course, you can always submit questions, and we will try to fill them in to a little bit of a mailbag segment every now and then. So if you have questions that you want to hear answers to on the podcast, you can do that. Just send them to us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. All right, guys, that's going to do it. I'm going to get some sleep. Hope you guys have a great day. Have a great Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow to talk some more Penn State football and run through the entire Big Ten. So until tomorrow, have a great day. I'll talk to you then.